0: All right, folks. Welcome to the weekly Manchester show. I'm your host, as always, Phil Branch. I'm my regular co-host, the fantastic Cal McGuigan. Um, how you doing, mate? How was the weekend? All good. How's things? Yeah, not not too bad. Um, obviously, poor result, but
1: mm. we're uh, we'll we'll battle on. York, do you up to do anything nice this weekend? Just in New York, mate. Nothing nothing too exciting. Um, here for a couple of days, and I'm off to Cleveland for the the Matchroom show on next Saturday. Not Montana Love against uh, Stevie Spark in cleveland and then i'm off to Austin, texas
0: for another one and chocolatito estrada in phoenix that's it i that's wait that fight
1: three, three weeks out, i'll be a cracker I can't wait Absolutely. for myself should so
0: be good i might come out don't join you it'd be an absolute privilege to see someone like chocolatito fed and uh, sure, yeah. el, el gallo the chicken and strata so uh, looking forward to that fate um Want to say a massive thank you to everyone for all the kind birthday messages. Haven't got a chance to respond to most people, but um, trust me, they really meant a lot to me. Uh, thank you so much. I've milked it all week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thanks to everyone. had a great time Saturday night. I was out Saturday night with my friends. I had, uh, had a few performance Hunters, shall we say. And uh, had a great night. So thank you to everyone for all your kind messages. Uh, then I woke up on Sunday watch united and um i said something on twitter in a month that i caught a flame and made him watch it instead of killing him <laughs> um but um here's the thing come we said this in a podcast before um the road back to redemption is littered with landmines, and you are gonna have games united should win and it, and you knew they were gonna have a new manager bounce with um with uh uni and this is what surprised me about, you know, we talk about squad devs, everything else, but we'll talk about something else. Because to me, I think, before you can talk about that, there's certain things you have to do as a professional footballer. Um, and we've talked about this over and over again on this podcast about the intangibles, about the things of coming out, matching intensity, matching desire, matching will to win, want to win, um, all those things has to happen. You knew in the first 20 minutes Villa were going to come flying at you right, Under Unai Emery. But you need to just look completely ill prepared for that And the second half, they're back in the game They throw the game away in the first 5 minutes of the second half The first 10 minutes of the first half That's not acceptable And here's the thing about that um, If you look at that third goal Jesus, the defending is a, is atrocious. Is there no one tracking Jacob Ramsey? Nobody, because he was wide open on the edge of the eighteen yard box to tap it in. And no Casemiro gets drawn to the ball, um, but someone else has got to cover and take a spare man. You know, wh- wh- where's the communication in midfield to make sure the runners are tracked? Look, like defending was something that uh, they just didn't want to do, but the. T- Ten Hag is in a really important stage of his career at United, where he's finding out about who he can trust and who he can't trust. And one thing about him is, you don't get five or six bad games, so he will be learning about his fringe players that he can trust and who he can't trust. And those fringe players will have to be changed. Obviously, they were missing a number of players on Saturday, which you could on Sunday, which you could tell. Um, and lastly, I made a weather analysis on Cristiano Ronaldo a couple of weeks ago where I said his life as a top level footballer is over in my opinion. I think it's safe to say the same of Van der Beek and give it up because Van der Beek had eighteen touches on Saturday, the lowest of any native player on Sunday, David had twenty five, Ronaldo with less than the hair too. That tells you everything you need to know. You cannot play in an influential position, an attacking midfield in a Bruno Fernandez position where you are Responsible for creating and touched the ball eighteen times. Something seriously wrong with that picture.
1: I think. Uh, first of all, it was like watching Manchester United of last season or, or the season before when we lacked mm. we lack we lack That ability to control the game from the offset and we give the opponent a, a two-goal lead. When you, it's so hard to come back from that, and it, this team just doesn't have the minerals at the moment to do so. Um, whenever we're looking, like first of all, Bruno. Bruno's influential to this team, whether you like it or not, and that was evident. Mm-hmm. You you've referred to nice. Van de Beek. There, Van de Beek's not a not a Manchester United player. Get rid of him. No. Needs to go. I think I think he, it would benefit him to go back to the Eredivisie and play for Ajax because mm-hmm. that seems to be his level. You know, he's came, he's tried it. He went he went on the to Everton, he couldn't do it there either. He's he's not going to do it at United. So forget about this experiment. There's no point anymore. I think it's also important that it's okay to criticize Ten Hag. Ten Hag's going to get things wrong. He's going to make mm-hmm. wrong decisions. He's going to raise eyebrows, and, and that's what he done at the weekend. The team selection in itself was a bit, wasn't too sure about it. I mean, Marshall came mm-hmm. off the bench and done absolutely nothing. He was atrocious as well. And again, you know, we're, we're basing our, our opinions on him when he's coming back from an injury, but it always seems to be that Anthony Marshall's coming back from an injury. So where does the buck stop with that one as well? I think the main thing that we can take from this is the strength and depth isn't there. I mean, you talked about this weeks ago on the podcast where we said we need another striker. We need that that other striker in January. It's not even a, a, a what-if, it's a necessity now. We need a striker in January. It's evident from what we see at the weekend that that's what we're missing. Ronaldo is miles off it. I mean, to give him the captain's armband, again, is another poor decision mm-hmm. from Hag, in, in my opinion. Because on one hand, you, you've let this guy embarrass himself and embarrass mm-hmm. the club publicly. Then you, you've froze him out, which is great, and all the fans agree with it for a week for a week, by the way, which, again, is a wee bit, but that that's needs must in this situation when you haven't got a striker. You bring him back in, you give him the armband. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Just give it to the head. Why give Cristiano Ronaldo the armband? What's mm. he done to deserve it? Like, it, uh, That's a, a slap in the face for some of the other players in that team, in my opinion. Again, Ten Hag's going to make make wrong decisions, and it's okay to criticise him,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: uh, we just weren't at the races at the weekend.
0: Yeah, I can understand the criticism regarding Ronaldo, captain, so I probably agree with that too. I'm not sure... He should have got it. Um, I think there's. It would be better to reward someone like Lissandro Martinez maybe with it. Um, Absolutely. Because it's also about sending a message to Ronaldo and other players that that petulance is not going to get rewarded. Um, I don't think it was the reason United lost on 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 Sunday. Um, you could say Ten Hag's team selection. What would you have done differently? I mean, how would you have? What would you have picked differently? I mean, again. Ronaldo, we're, we're playing Ronaldo. Mm. I'm not. I'm not too sure
1: if if I would have played Ronaldo. I definitely am criticizing his decision to give him the armband. Sure. Donny Van Donny Van der Beek. Again, I probably yeah. would have played. I don't know. I don't even know who, if if he can play for Adam McConnelly in there. But again, I think they give you something different to what Van de Beek offers. Like, what has Van de Beek what what's Van De Beek done in order to reward himself with that position? Because we've been very. Um, We've been saying on this podcast about how Ten yeah. Hag has been rewarding people for their, mm-hmm. their performances. What has Van de Beek done to get into that team?
0: Nothing? Yeah, no, it's a fair point. And look, we don't see him in training. And I think when we talk about Donny Van de Beek, it's important we mention this because I think decisions have been made about him in training that have, you, know, you can't make in a game because, um, you know, Solskjaer and other people that see him every day don't, don't trust him. Now, this is what, so Solskjaer didn't play him, Ranyuk didn't play him, um, everyone was saying if Ten Hag comes in, you know, this is the guy that he played his best football under, he will resurrect him, and if not, it's time to to cut our losses. Well, we're sitting here in November, and I know he had an injury, Um, but he wasn't great in midweek either. He's just started two games back to back, and I can't remember a single thing he did in either of them. In fact, I can't remember a single good game he's ever had for United. I don't want to be unfair to him. But I'm going, I mean, I desperately wanted this to work, right? I, loved, I, I I, liked the signing. And when I saw him at Ajax, I thought, you know, fantastic player. Um, and uh, really was excited at his arrival. And like everyone else, I was making excuses for the first year and a half. But he goes to Everton on loan. He starts six of their first seven games, so he can't complain that he was getting game time. And well, he scored one goal there, I think, you know, and then he picked up an injury. He's been injured, obviously, um, but when you get a chance at Manchester United, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to come out and play like he's played 35 games, but he has to show something. He has to come out and show something that says you deserve to keep being picked. But here's Um, the thing
1: as well, you know, like, he he referred to the right, I I listened to his his post-game comments from Tahaghan, he referred to, you know, Riceford, it was a necessity to play him on the right, and unfortunately mm -hmm. we had to play him there because we had no one else, but why not play Riceford in the position of uh, Donny van de Beek, because that would have been, that would have been okay, and I think Riceford could have done a a better job in there, and then played Alanga.
0: Out wide I, mean, I don't play. think Rashford's skill set is, is suited to being an attacking yeah. midfielder. Eh? I, really I mean, don't. I mean, he
1: was he was only playing just behind Ronaldo. Really, that's where Van de Beek was meant meant to be playing. He wasn't really playing the full Bruno role because you had obviously Casemiro and Eriksen sitting in behind. But again, like, there's no like Fred plays in that position a lot for Brazil. Why not play Fred there then? Do you know what? I mean? what, what was the reason he played Van de Beek back to back in that position? And again, you're referring to trainer. Maybe it is. Maybe he's. Looking at a million dollars in training, but the, the facts of the matter are he's never looked
0: a million dollars in a game ever. No, 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 I, I don't so, think, I don't think for, 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 for me, for Van der Beek, it's a conversation that needs to be continued. I, I've completely made up my mind now. I have zero expectation that the lad will ever deliver. Um, and I think we're looking at someone like a David Klassen, you know, you yeah. was exceptional at Ajax, um, but he just hasn't been able to adjust to this level. And you know, I, 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 I think that. One of the positives, I suppose, is that you need to do seem to be learning from defeats, where in the past they weren't. In the past, it was. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, in the past, um, a defeat meant two, three, four, five. But with Ten Hag, Ten is much more ruthless. So if you don't play well, he drops you. Now, here's the thing he has to have the quality to rotate. Um, and, and it's obvious he doesn't right when we look at things that are, he has fixed he wasn't going to fix the whole squad in one window right so obviously he needed need to continue to buy and supplement that squad and i think there's a couple they need maybe a couple um but um they need a striker obviously but the squad not rather than the team the first starting 11 i think need just well, look, look,
1: look at the moment where's anthony Heard nothing. What, no, no,
0: it's, it's bizarre, like because even like, same with, you and with Sancho, like they have both been out more or less the same time. I I, I haven't even heard why Andy's out. Is, is there something we don't know? Is there is there I something? I don't know. It's, it's interesting because there's nobody saying anything about his actual injury. when the Brazil score gets announced what tomorrow doesn't? He got
1: announced today. He's, a, he's
0: in the squad. He's in squad. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it's um it's bizarre to me because um, Sancho ill. Um, he's been sick a lot that kid and i'm not i'm not yeah, saying yeah. I'm not saying nanny it uh, genuinely he deserves empathy obviously if the kid is sick, but um he can kiss his world Cup goodbye, yeah, and I think that's actually a healthy thing for him. I think it will help him to focus take a month off you know to to work on his on himself his game to be out of the spotlight. We all know what happened in new euros when he missed a penalty um and I think it'll help him. To not have to go to Qatar, especially if he's going to go there and sit in the bench. What's the point? That, you know, um, I think he has a bit of an identity crisis going on in terms of what he is. If you look at Garnacho, Garnacho is a winger, there's no doubt about that. He's quick, he's he'll take you on, he's skillful, he's te- he, he, he scores goals. He's he, he cool, he scored against Sociedad, you know, he was unlucky not to score against Villa. What do you no, he's very raw. But I'm just, I'm just saying that in terms of his, his style, that's what a winger is to me. When I look at Jadon Sancho, I don't see someone that runs in behind. I don't see someone with lightning pace. I see someone that plays in front of you, that's technical, that's gifted, that can put balls in behind you, no problems. But he's not someone that gets in behind you in the way a, of a winger would, like Rashford will, will, will beat you for pace. I but, agree with you, but that, that's I, I, but, the but then what do we do team. with him?
1: That, that i i understand are saying. that's the evolution of the game gnaracho's a more old fashioned winger hits the chalk gets down the line beats the the wing back and crosses into the box sancho's always been the player that cuts inside inside forward and and that's his game we knew that whenever we signed him. them i don't know how we adapt them into this ten hag no. system and like you're saying i agree with you gnaracho offers you so much more as a winger but sancho again like there was a time there for a few weeks Sancho looked great so he comes and goes and but all the goals system. came
0: from in, in, in the in the middle if you look at those goals when he played well though they were they all came centrally on top of which and the, the thing is if you, you play this system right you must have lightning quick wingers because a lot of times you get pressed high the space is in behind right so if Sancho's not giving you that in behind on land on the last defender it's lightning pace you know if you if you give Sancho the ball in front of you he has the ability to beat you right because he's technically very sound but he's not lightning and I I think that in a team that plays you know with the fourth with, with, with those two way players and a central striker your way players have to be really quick and I I, I just like I think Sancho in the van der Beek role on Sunday would have been much better than what we saw with Donny van de Beek.
1: But what what's the reason he's not playing there? What's the reason mm, that the continuing know. to play him on the wing? If he like, because again, maybe maybe he is very fast, fast. Maybe maybe we're we're just not seeing it. Maybe he hasn't really got out of second gear because it doesn't really seem like he has. Apart from a few games where you said he scored in the three more central goals. Mm. So again, that's something obviously we need to look at. I mean, Anthony's. A winger, he cuts inside, he's got that ability to, to hit the chalk as well and has the pace to be the player. So I'm not too sure. And I mean,
0: if it does and mean. And he's quicker than Sancho, though.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean. If it does mean that we need to see Sancho down the middle, well, well what's the problem in trying it? Because we, we need someone down the middle at the moment. I don't think he's going to be an out-and-out out striker for you. But I mean, a false nine, I think it could possibly work.
0: Well, you look at his goal against Liverpool, where'd it come from? Sendler, didn't it? Look at his goal against Leicester, where'd it come from?
1: Mm, so, I like uh,
0: I'm Trying to remember the other goalie scored. Um, I think it was in the Europa League. They're all central. No, it was in the Premier League. Um, and they're all coming from central positions, right? So, and I, if you go and watch a lot of his Dortmund clips, a lot of his assists, right? They're not getting down the line, cutting the ball back. They're playing in front of the defence, and and I just think that that's a bit of a challenge when you don't have that lightning and is he's technically brilliant, and I still think he has a tremendous career at United. I thought up until the, the the break prior to when the Queen died, he was in brilliant form. Um, but that game against Chelsea. I mean, his body language, he looked like he was mentally suffering. Like um, his confidence was off. Maybe he was sick. It was very possible. You have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but... Uh, that was one of his worst performances uh, uh, and he hasn't played since. Um, so maybe there is something going on there. I, I don't know. Um, other things from the weekend. We talked about Ronaldo. Jesus Christ, there's
1: these.
0: What have I told you about mean, inviting these strippers on these yeah I told him never mom. to bother me when I'm working. They're leaving man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so... Lots of other things uh, to talk about from the weekend. Um, As I said, I feel like we needed in a situation where they learn quickly from a defeat, right? And uh, I feel like this is not going to turn into a second defeat. One of the things we talked about last week was Fulham, right? Fulham are robbed against Man City, right? Now, I don't care what anyone says. That De Bruyne penalty is a a disgrace. I mean, come on. Right. I know. I, I mean, they should Rob. be embarrassed at giving that. But again, right. this is this is where the
1: VAR. We've talked about this before. But forget no about VAR, VAR for a minute. Right? But there's no consistency with refereeing or VAR. There's no, no one. Gonna, it's being held responsible. Did. I know. There's there's no one being held responsible for these decisions. After the game, the referee should be interviewed. It's as simple as that. You should have to come out and explain well, your decisions.
0: I also, want you to think about something. You see that Ronaldo, Tyrone, Ming's thing. Yeah. Why is that any different to Scott McTominay? True. Why is it not a penalty? I know. True. I mean, he wrestles when to the ground. Yeah. He that... holds him, and I I I've bit, probably seen a... about sixteen times since then of people being held from corners, and it not given. Yeah. In fact, one of them was with the same referee. It's true. But, and that was my issue. Look, if it's, it's, it's a penalty, good. it's always a penalty. Yeah. Right. Then, then give it. Right. But don't be turning. I mean, the Jaden Sancho uh, penalty against I think it was Newcastle. I read it's mm-hmm. cl- not given. I, arguably they could have had a penalty to accept that. He was clipped against Newcastle, clearly. That's like that was a penalty. Much more of a penalty than Du Bruyne's.
1: Oh, absolutely. But that's the problem, and that's that's where I'm saying there is no consistency with VAR or refereeing. Unlike any other country, because it seems to be whenever you watch European football or you watch you watch football in other countries, there's consistency. At least there is consistency. With England, it's just a free-for-all.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. It, it, it uh, there is no doubt in my mind, that referees referee different teams differently, right? Oh, hundred percent. Based on the media coverage, based on the fear of getting a decision wrong, and the blowback, so. They always are on, so I'm not giving this because I don't want to have the headlines tomorrow. Talk Talksport, Gabiak Bonlohor, you know, uh, 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 Gabiak Bonlohor screaming like a, like a three-year-old child that this is not fair. Um, and, and everyone else adding to the crescendo, you've almost never heard a thing about De Dave. Now Now had that of being a United player, there would have been wall-to-wall coverage about diving and this is unacceptable and this is cheating and you'd have had Leanne Sanderson putting out her verbal diarrhea. I mean, no disrespect to Leanne Sanderson, but I, I, I'm i not sure if I've ever found a human being and I've disagreed with more on just about every post and tweet that she puts out. Uh, I mean, she turned around after the Chelsea game. Do you want to invite
1: her on and let you speak to her? I think that'd be great. I, um, just, I, I
0: just don't understand what she watches. I, I to Twitter, no, she think. watches something completely different to me i mean she was she was slaughtering united's approach to the chelsea game i'm like did you watch it <coughs> and if you did do you know what you're watching because there's no way you can a, a, a functioning brain can watch that game it's <laughs> you know it not around to win it what and, and, and anyway but to be fair to her
1: on Bonahor,
0: the you know there's there's so many people whose punditry is fueled by their hatred an inability to be, to 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 be objective, and this is why I don't like the banterification of punditry. Now we get out here, <clears throat> the Paramount Plus, Mega um, Richards, Jimmy Carriger, Kieran Abdul. On, right? and it's essentially this: Mega Richards, <laughs> Jimmy Carr, good shot. <laughs> and then some shit banter <clears throat> about their club and when one of the cringiest things in the world is people trying to be funny that aren't funny right see see no, i actually like, what is I think, what is, is this but, is. Uh, honestly okay fan, if you want to have a stand-up comedy football show if that's what you want that's okay right but this is what happens when you get steve nice and chad ochocinco doing football punditry it turns it into nonsense right absolute nonsense I mean, Steve Nash had a football bingo card, right? Brilliant basketball player. But I sat and I'm like, how long is it gonna take before he says this is a tough place to go? BIM! 30 seconds, right? You know, everything came back to Spurs cause he's a massive Spurs fan, great corner. Yeah, I remember whenever uh, Harry Kane did that. Yeah, cause he doesn't watch football. Notice Tim Hart, by the way, right? Blatantly obvious. That this is an example of Tim Hart, right? When someone scored. Ball down the line, crossover, header, one zip. Yeah, I know Tim. I have eyes. I <laughs> know. <no. laughs> Jesus Christ. Or yeah, uh, Harry Kane starting up front. Got twenty-three and forty-five games. I can read a statue too, Tim.
1: I think we should All start right?
0: a petition for me and you to on the U.S.
1: But mate, we should we should be demanding placement.
0: more of this, right? Hey, imagine the Super Bowl. David Beckham sitting there, halftime in the Super Bowl yeah can't just a tough place to go mate you know and so has my worst english accent ever. but you know, <laughs> can you say, imagine, imagine. The, the the response from americans would be like what the fuck is this uh, like what comes with a territory. but, it doesn't, but, but it doesn't this is problem with the gimmicky shit of football why can't you just sell the game on itself why do you have to boot all these stupid gimmicks who are you trying to appeal to are you afraid that someone won't watch this unless Steve Nice and Chad Jusinko doing the commentary? Well, I'm just because, I mean, I'm what does that UK. say about the game
1: itself? I'm glad we've got Gary Neville
0: and... Uh... Well, Gary Neville was rightly rinsed on Friday. I don't know if you saw it, but he was see. called out for his hypocrisy on Qatar. And I want to talk about this really quickly, right? Because his mate backs taking millions to promote something that is unconscionable. Now I want you to think Colin, if you lost your life building a stadium for a fucking football match right? mm-hmm. Sorry to use my, this language but Building stadiums, having your human rights violated, your civil rights violated, not paid The most despicable treatment, your family's left to pick up the pieces And the executives of football are sitting, room with people, sitting on the table of the people that did this and going Who cares about his life? <laughs> Stick to the football lads! How much are we making? It's obscene. You'd want someone to curve, You'd want someone to say, "Hey, you know what? These human lives matter," and we're not going to sit around the table with the people that basically killed these people, right? And forget that it happened, and then try to tell you, me, and everyone else to not talk about politics or talk about football. This is the same organization that was investigated by the FBI for corruption, right? They're going to tell us. But we can't have I, I, social comedy. Now, oh, just to finish my last point on this, I completely understand the about, it I completely understand people saying, well, what about this country? What about that country? And that's perfectly legitimate, perfectly legitimate. If you want to attack someone's moral consistency, do that. But that's a different point than saying that a World Cup should not be held in a country that will jail people for signs of open affection, right? For human affection, will execute people who are gay, right? You know, uh, uh, this is unacceptable. In any shape, uh, uh, in, totally unacceptable. And for anyone to legitimise that because of enough money, by the way, if you can hold the World Cup in November, there's nothing sacred in football anymore. None of your sacred values uh, that, that matter to you or matter to the people that run this game because everything is for sale.
1: Well, I agree with what you're saying, right? The, the World Cup shouldn't happen there, but the, the long and short of it is it's happening. We can't change that. No one can change it. So for Gary Neville to be attacked, there is no morals in football anymore. It, it it is all just literally money, money, money. It's a money-driven sport, and that's the way it is. It doesn't and need money. No, no. But at the end of the day, that we're not going to change that. Gary Neville, I think, was right in what he said. What do you want him to do? Not go. Yes. You want not to say Why no, then? I'm not going. Why no. is, it, is it not a great privilege of his to go and commentate at no. the World no. Cup? Co- Absolutely, it not. is. Man, it it is. Then you
0: legitimise
1: everything that these people are doing. You don't, because I agree with
0: what he said. He will
1: he will do his own thing there to. Bring this to the forefront. Why can't
0: do it from I mean, a studio in in London? Well,
1: of, of course he could, but is he not better being there and highlighting no, these
0: issues? Why? not well, we don't going, need Gary Neville to highlight exactly these issues? The Gary Neville's not a war correspondent. Well, to. then we we don't need we don't need Gary Neville not to go. Then, if that's of course, that's right now, go now go we're away. back to where we started. Right, the right and proper thing to do would be to say, you know what, I'm not profiting off this. I'm taking no 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 coin. I'm not going over there, and it it goes back to what I just said. Imagine you were you your fa- you were killed in, in, in building one of these stadiums, and Gary Neville's sitting there with a the mic phone going Who cares about Colin? Who cares about his family? Who cares about his children? Who cares about the, the fact his family of them are bankrupt? Who cares about any of this? There's a football match on. But he's not he's not really saying that. But no, he, he is he saying that. because you, you legitimise it?
1: Go it's going to be the next one down the line. It's it's the rat race, really. Come,
0: it would cost Gary Neville nothing to turn around and say, "I'm not doing this." I'm going to set this one out, lads. But but
1: why, why Gary, why are you focusing on Gary? Because Gary Neville, because, because
0: because Gary Neville pontificates to the world about moral, morals and values and and, and dirty money,
1: which is fine. So so be morally
0: consistent because if not, you can't say another thing again, because the next time someone's personal interests, right, are not the same as yours and they put profit before values. Well, so did you i Don't think he's putting profit before, I don't of course think he I is.
1: Money aspect,
0: you think he's doing no, it for free?
1: No, but I don't think the money is and for all we know. He could be, then doing don't do it do a charity. For all we know, he might donate it to the charity. Of the no, but
0: we do, we know he's, he's not, not. Oh, oh, until well, he says he is. He isn't,
1: but even if he isn't, the money thing is not Gary Neville's main
0: goal at this. Gary Neville, so is do, going what is Gary to Neville doing? To think, do. then, thinking that the don't world be. is waiting on Gary Neville's commentary on what's happening in Qatar to find out what the situation So, why is he relevant? Because, because Why is his, his commentary relevant to anything? He's, he's probably one of the best
1: commentators in England. But that's football. So, yeah. So he's so so so, so then he's no
0: different than any of the FIFA people that are over there. Since stick to football, they're doing it for personal gain. No, I, I
1: Yeah. Well, it's obvious.
0: It. I think hundred no. percent. Listen, the right and proper thing to do, and other journalists, by the way, he's not alone, would be to boycott it and not cover it who is boycotting it no one that's the problem right okay and so when you get these performative gestures right this is about seeing to be doing the right thing not actually doing the right thing okay so if if someone called you right now and tell me the god's
1: honest truth Mm because i have to be honest i'd be away in the morning if someone rang me and said here guitar. Qatar. I understand it. it's an issue, but I would be away in the morning and I'd be covering it. If someone asked you, you would say, no, if they are offering you 10 grand to do, because for you, the money would be this more It's This silly. Than uh,
0: all money. I can do is this, Colin, okay. What was it, three weeks ago? I had a yeah. phone call from a betting company that wanted to advertise on BTP and they were offering really good money. And they were doing top picks, everything else, and they're offering me good money to promote it on my platforms. Money, I needed, and I could have told you. And I turned around, and I said, "Listen, boys." And I'm not no moral crusader here, right? I'm a hypocrite. I've got, I've got, I've done worse, terrible things in my life. By no means any type of example. I'm just telling you. I said, "Look, I'm an advocate for mental health charity, right?" I I'm a massive vocal advocate against addiction and things that destroy people's lives. I cannot square that circle by putting bad stuff on my website and knowing that there's going to be a certain percentage of people who will get hurt by that. I can't do it. I don't care how much money you're offering because I can't put my head on a pillow at night and say, you know what, I'm sitting here mouthing about mental health, about addiction and all this here, but I'm turning around and promoting gambling. You know that negates everything that I say because as soon as there was a financial incentive for me to do other ways, I took it. But I can't do that, so I would like to believe that my moral compass is calibrated enough to say no, I won't do it, because human lives have to matter. And when you look at how many people, and we'll get back to Tottenham United here in a minute, when you look at how many people have been hurt in the process of build of this World Cup, it's despicable. It's, 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 it's it, this is, you know, we've got the English FA making a stamp, but the English FA had no problem with Surrey's banning their football clubs. They had no problems with with the UAE banning their football clubs. They had no problems with Saxon Chinook banning their football clubs. Right? They had no problems with people banning their football clubs that make con- political contributions to people that, quite frankly, are despots. But right? if, if if, the clu- if, if the countries
1: are going, so England are going, every country, no country is boycotting this tournament why should Gary Neville, because you're putting the focus on him. And because said, you're Neville's responsible so
0: solely for it your is. own, because Gary Navel's not responsible for everyone else. Gary Navel's responsible for himself. So Gary Navel has, and, and I agree with him by the way, on a lot of things that he says, right? Where he morally pontificates. The problem is if you want to take that role in life as being a moral pontificator, and you're inconsistent about it, your message is worthless. So therefore you deserve criticism. If Dracula complains about the blood bank, it doesn't it, it it doesn't doesn't land us here because it's a, it's hypocrisy. And the this is an important point that needs to be made. But when you have but someone is it doing
1: not it, it's important that someone of Gary Neville's calibre status is there. No in the position he's in. Mate, he, who the fuck cares about Gary Neville? You clearly, because you said you don't want to. But him. outside of the United fan
0: circle? Okay, so then I mean how much you do you to care to? about Graham Lasso?
1: and not going so what you're saying no, is dude,
0: but i'm saying he's a he's a he's a non-descript footballer he's listen i mean i i if anyone's waiting on gary neville's commentary on what's going on in qatar right we have serious problems anyway let's move a whole <laughs> of the conversation on to the barcelona draw <laughs> um <laughs> uh, it's, um the, uh, thank you mate, um, let's evolve the conversation um, to the Barcelona draw, quite interesting, you knew this was going to happen didn't you, uh, Mr. Frankie de Jong back. Could he be a United player by the time of the that coming, that's the million dollar So point. I've been thinking about that a lot actually, and then going, how much do you need, to need him now? I mean if you're mm-hmm. sitting there with 85 million to spend, the correct thing to do is go after Jude Bellingham.
1: Right. Absolutely, but if not, and you're thinking of a,
0: a midfield three of
1: Casemiro, uh, Bruno, and Ericsson at the moment, the the major backup that you need is someone like Frankie De Jong. If one of those players are injured, can just fit, fill in. I mean, Bellingham would be great, but are we realistically going to get Bellingham? I don't think so. Well, I think it's Neil. Neil Donny goes to City.
0: The problem you need it is they also need a striker this summer, yeah. and so I can't see a word we need to get Bellingham as top striker. But in the same time, it would be a disaster to let him go to Liverpool or City. Absolute disaster. It was so, a disaster to let Holland go and then let him go. Oh, man. it's. it's I think about that and then going, would Holland have went to City from United if he'd have gone to United? And if you think about the 60 million, right? All right, so let's say he has, a, and I'm certain he has a sell-on clause to go to Real Madrid because that's how his career has been managed by his father right <clears throat> and so I'm thinking when you're so fixated on how much you can sell him for rather than the value that they bring to the team that many ways illustrates so many of the problems native have had and the yeah. metrics that they use with how they did deals which is why the Casemiro deal just doesn't make any sense right so um, from how you needed have done business in the past so you look at Holland you're going all right so let's say you get him for three four years and he scores fifty goals a season. Forty five. You know, could be sitting with a league like title right now. You know could be sitting with like three or four more trophies. Woodward's still in his job, you sell him for sixty million. Maybe he doesn't go to City because he turned he's been a united you know, if he united score it's hard to make that move. Maybe he ended up losing him to Spain. Right? I mean to me but, it's like But it, I, it, I think you Or maybe you don't lose there.
1: him at all. But I think you buy a player like Carnald with the knowledge that you're going to get maybe three to five years of a top top level player, but ultimately he goes to Madrid, Barcelona, that type of team. And you know what? So be it. And I think we need to get past this point of of
0: concern
1: about about down the line because it's all about the here and now. And, and City have 100%. proved it now. Like they've signed him. They've signed Julian Alvarez at the same time, who also is a top top striker. And pe- people aren't picking up on that as much because he's he's under the limelight of of Holland at the minute. But Julian Alvarez is a top striker. Don't don't get that twisted at all. He he's going to score serious goals in the Premier League. So whatever you think about the strikers that they have and the options they have, and if Haaland does leave, they've got a, a ready-made replacement in Julian Alvarez. They're waiting.
0: Yeah, but you're absolutely right. That's contingency thinking, right? That's what they need to do. You know, they have not been able to do that in a long time. When I look at um, when I look at uh, the Holland situation, it's on, unbelievable ineptitude. It never should have been allowed to happen, and. You, I honestly believe, had he have came to United, that city movement probably would never have happened. Right? You probably talking about Holland and Spain with scored hundred and fifty goals. Do I care that a player comes to United and may go to Real Madrid three, four years from now? No, I'd rather that than going to Sunderland three, four years from now, because three that would mean they've been successful. Right? So um, that's part of life that I don't care. Uh, but I just I, I look at that, Ballingum and Holland situation, I mean, that that could have been so different for Solskjaer if he got the players he wanted, if you saw the players that Solskjaer wanted this club to send and the players they overlooked, not just Solskjaer by the way Um, one other thing I want to talk about um, is the Glazers out situation because um, he needed to have done something unbelievably stupid again by clearly banning any form of discontent towards the Glazers. Richard Arnold's on record, quite vocal Richard Arnold in the summer, right? He seems to have lost his voice. Um, <clears throat> the, the the good guy, the guy that was out to fix everything, right? The guy that was going to do all these forums with the Glazers and all these fan events. And so the you know, fans have very right to peacefully protest. Well, clearly they don't. I think what he meant is you have every right to protest in your bedroom, just not at all travel. Right? And clearly this illustrates the stupidity of United because if you look at something like this the optics are terrible and if you want to add relevance to something you ban it. right? If you want to make something more attractive you ban it. If you want to make sure that the fans do everything they can to make sure those flags are displayed you do this. If you just let it happen. And don't draw attention to it. It blends in because United've been doing it every week. But once you start banning it, you show what you fear, and that is a victory. To United fans. Now I want to. I, I emailed United, and I'm going to re- read this email on this very topic. I emailed Richard Arnold yesterday, still waiting for a response. Quite chatty, Richard, um, he was. Uh, It's available for fans over the summer where he respond to emails, maybe his computer's broke, I don't know. Hi Richard, hope you're well. I'm working on a story about United banning the Glazers out flags, and anything else involved with the fans peacefully voicing their discontent. I know you've been quite vocal in the past on this, you've made yourself available for fans over the summer, and have went on record saying the fans have every right to peacefully protest, so I'm sure you'll be all over this. This recent development is obviously a departure from the right to peacefully protest statement. Perhaps that you mean they have a right to peacefully protest anywhere, just not at the club. If you'd like to have a chat or provide comment for the article, I'm available anytime. If not, I will note in the article that the club refused to respond. I want to give you the right to provide clarity and comment before going to print. So let's just see what they say in response to that. When did Uh, you send it? sent it yesterday. Still nothing. Nothing.
1: I think it's embarrassing from the club's point of view that they're banning these flags. That's what's ridiculous. the reason? What's what's the end goal from it? Because if anything, it just spurs you on to want to, to do more. And I think these these flags will become more prevalent. I think there'll be so many more people wanting to bring these flags to the game. And it's it's amazing to think that like where we are right now, and I see loads of people saying, "Oh, we haven't heard." Glazers out chance we haven't it heard this. it's going on constantly and I mean the whole Liverpool situation at the moment it's it's laughable to think that Liverpool's owners have put them out there they're going to profit of Liverpool there's going to be owners out there who could be potential investors at Manchester United who are now going to look and say well Liverpool are there they're available and it's embarrassing that the position that the Glazers
0: have us in really. well here's the thing about that Liverpool perspective it's really no different than what the Glazers did Nope. and the Glazers and FSG are quite close so they will have known this was coming this will have been discussed in their circles and um, neither FSG or the Glazers are so wealthy to where they can afford to fund these football clubs I mean the Glazers you know, are, are parasites um, and I will never change my view on that if you are not paid to defend this nonsense. It is completely indefensible. If you look at this, the Glazers run Manchester United for their benefit. Unless you're paid to defend that, that will never make sense to anyone. The Glazers will always be a handicap to Manchester United, because any time you know interest in the Glazers align it's an accident. The only time that happens is if it's an unintended consequence, because Glazers, it's about us. Right. They've never once put their hand in their pocket, not once. So I look at this and I like, the Liverpool have a better potential of getting investment because their owners aren't toxic to the brand. Um, Manchester United's owners are toxic to the brand and they're not going to get partial investment without the option of complete takeover. I don't see Jim Ratcliffe ban Liverpool either. He was asked about this, wasn't he? And I think uh, he said he couldn't do it. Um, or maybe it was Chelsea, I can't remember. I can't see that happening. Um, so the Glazers will be watching this very closely obviously um and i i think that uh i think that to say that it's available for full sale, i haven't seen that i I think that they when with this is a way you get an appraisal of a football club and what it's worth you offer parts of it and obviously these people are holding on for a super league bonanza Right, that is the only. thing happen, though. They'll get it in a different format. They'll, they'll just be called something else, right? Um, I think uh, I don't think it helps the Glazers or Hicks and Gillette or uh, Glazers and FSG that other American owners are buying other Premier League clubs because it immediately raises a suspicion towards them. Now, obviously, there's been that towards the Glazers anyway, but this. This brings other funds into the fold. And I think that's not, I think they'd prefer that that wasn't the case. But um, I look at this and that to me, the Glazers and FST are similar financially in that they're highly vulnerable to the behavior of financial markets. On Friday here, the Feds raised the interest rates three quarter of a percent. That's massive, absolutely massive. Um, so I look at this and I'm going, both of those football clubs, United, needs serious investments. The Glazers don't have that money. So, unless there's a Super League in the next 24 months, then United are de- will desperately need investments. Uh, and so, that's going to come from somewhere. It's either but the, come Liverpool, from- the
1: Liverpool also need that investment right now. Yeah, of course, they're in the same situation.
0: Party? They're in the same situation. You know, I mean, the club needs money, the money's not there. Right, um. So you know, this is a football club during a pandemic that borrowed money. Well, has to borrow money for PPE for um the 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 payroll loans, right? And so um, the 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 reality is to compete with the likes of City and Newcastle now. You can't run football clubs this way. You can't run them as a, you know, with a as a personal ATM and then hand back, you know. Here, I'll take a hundred of your pocket. I'll give you twenty back, and tell you I'll give you something to spend. Oh, you, know, you just you can't run a football club that way anymore. You can't compete with the cities of this world anymore. I mean, they have the. They, I mean, they own. Well, it's city football group. Take a look at how many football clubs they own. How many players they own at these football clubs. It's. I mean, they're essentially working off. Uh, there's no. There's. There's no comparison. I mean, there's. an English football, has thrived off the fact that it's a competitive league. So they have to be careful about this, um. And this is not just a fan of another club moaning that because we're not successful. You know, I, I don't think it's healthy that you have one team that ridicules the rules of the FFP. I think that they've they've shown that football governance is a disgrace.
1: But I think even Newcastle now coming into the mix like that—that's just another team with the same mentality is City and, and ultimately you're going to see Newcastle at the top end of, of the Premier League going forward. You're going to see Newcastle battling for titles here over the next few years. You're going to see serious investment into that squad and other teams are going to be affected by it. And the, le- the likes of our, our club and, and Arsenal and, and all these other clubs are just going to fall way the wayside at some point.
0: Look, this is, when you look at when the Glazers bought United in 2005, the only real threat of this was Roman Abramovich. None of this yeah. existed. And so financially United cannot compete. I mean, yeah. if you looked at prior to the Brantford game, what United were working with financially. I mean they'd not be they they they'd not be they, they, it, 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 this season would have been a complete disaster if they'd have gone through with the Rabio and on then and said I'll do that. I mean it it, it and, and that's what the Glazers' plan was. That's where the obviously Branford changed everything, right? But as I was mentioning before, when you look at how you need to pay and structure deals, it's everything's based around resale value, everything. So for them to agree to the Casemiro deal, a deal that says, I can understand if, he, if he's you know, on a free or something, where you know, you're know you doing an Imanage type deal where it's 29, you're paying 17 million or something, okay. But the Glazers don't do business like that. So something in their vision in the future changed where they feel they will get, they will get a return on that investment. And that's not through selling the player.
1: Which is crazy to think and, and where, where, where's the buck gonna stop? I
0: have no idea. Um, all right, we don't have much left. Um, I know you've got to get out of here. What um what do you think will happen? Uh, you need to play Fulham next, isn't it? We play
1: Fulham at the weekend. We play no, we play Villa midweek, right? And then oh, you need to play Villa on Saturday. I but we'll play them again in the League Cup on Thursday night. Oh, uh, yeah. cool. <clears throat> Thursday night League Cup um, against Villa. Hopefully a performance at Old Trafford. I don't know if he if he rotates much on Thursday night or with the World Cup coming up. If he plays a full strength team because he's no, only your, got one game yeah. left. I think probably what he'll do is play his best 11. Maybe we'll see Martial start. I don't think we'll see Ronaldo start. But again, I've been wrong about this before. I'll probably be wrong again. And I think hopefully against Fulham, we can get one more good performance in before the World Cup starts and end it on a high. And then obviously the squad are going to go to Spain. Um, and hopefully that gives players like Sancho and, and some of these other players that aren't, well, we think won't be away at the World Cup. Um, a chance to, to get themselves on the set.
0: It's a difficult game against Fulham. I think against, it'd be interesting to see um, if he's It's a tough place to go. The <laughs> um, as you saw at the weekend, there good team. Andres just doing f- unbelievable. Really is, glad to he? see him doing so well over right there. Um, but um. Those will be difficult games, you know, it's Really, really difficult games. I, I, I knew Villa would be tough. I still thought you know, it would win, but. Um, I love I mean, saying
1: that. Li- I love saying that line. dude. it's a tough place to go because you hear. Man, it you, you, that. But you've, and that's you, that's why. Have to s- that's that's why I continue to say it. Just think, it's anyone thinks I'm being serious, but but you have that. to I laugh
0: at, at some of the things that they say. I mean, it's these are <laughs> these are cliches you only hear in football, right? Oh, yeah. And Steve Nice uh, was just a walking <laughs> football cliché machine you know it was well, can you do it on a I don't know cold night it's, it's stoke on a, it's in the night mate <laughs> Everyone i, mean, I suppose you if i do do was doing basketball it'd be something similar you know or Sha- shaquille course. O'Neal at the back post with a with a, with a handball or something like that yeah. i mean that's, that's basically what they're watching skills for the next but uh, so someone else is really letting me with that there um what? I, was, I just need to watch my OnlyFans. That's where you see me in my premise. That's <laughs> where you see me and uh on subscribe. my only on, OnlyFan account. Um that's where you see me at my best. Um so uh I've got a Sun like living on a submarine, I've got a Fell when, when my one socks one. are wet. When my socks are wet, that's because I've had a bit of leakage. Um it's uh <laughs> on on that note. We shall leave it there before For, uh, uh, we talk about yeah. your mustache. Yep. All right, Talk lads. Thanks right. very much to for, to for everything. Thanks for all the downloads, folks. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we actually didn't get any questions. I will do a podcast later on tomorrow. We'll get to a bunch of questions. So sorry about that, Dara. Um, we run out of time. Colm, all the best, mate.
1: All right, mate. good all to see you. Mate. See you. Bye.